Welcome to the Rise of the Challenge podcast. Joy today, he's a type 1 diabetic, host of Type 1 Lifting Podcast and CrossFit athlete. It's Thomas Lennon. How are you doing today, Thomas? I'm doing great. Hey, I just want to thank you for, you know, it's kind of t- for being on your show because it's kind of weird being a podcaster like you you do the interviewing and then someone wants to interview you and it's like so weird to be on the opposite side of the chair pretty much. Well, you won't have to stress too much because we love to have a fun conversation. We're so excited to have you on the show to talk about your rise to the challenge. What we like to do with all of our guests is go right to the beginning. Talk about where you're from and what were you involved in growing up? So um, I was originally from Massachusetts. I used to live in a a very small town. Now it's actually pretty big now called Sharon, Massachusetts. Um, It's like five minutes away from Gillette Stadium where the Patriots would play. So uh, you know, I was a very active kid. I'd be out, like literally take my bike and go to the center of town and never be home till like seven o'clock, you know, that kind of deal, wake up and just go and just, you know, hang out with friends and stuff. And so I was, I was pretty active and then playing sports and stuff like that. And, um, yeah, I was just a pretty active kid. I was like, never wanted to sit down. You know, I was always having like, I needed a stimulus, like either video <laughs> games or just going out. So that's my thing. Cause like I, you don't know this, but I have ADD and like, I have a learning, learning disability too. So like a lot of stuff would pretty much like, I just need to go, go, go constantly. It's like, I can't stop. I just have to keep on going. But the different activities you did, was it more about, doesn't matter which one I'm doing. I just wanted to be doing them. Yeah. I like, I would play basketball, football, you know, mainly it's just, it was mainly like a lot of basketball because football was like only like seasonal, but yeah, I would do that soccer here and there. And then when I got to college, it was, I played football for two years. I played basketball for one year. I played lacrosse all four years. And like, I never knew how to play lacrosse until <laughs> like I got to college. They're like, Hey, you're pretty good at basketball. You ever tried lacrosse? And I was like, what the hell is that? And they're like, Oh, you have, you have a net in your hand and you're like, you have like a long six foot stick and you just like run around and play defense and try to score a goal. And I'm like, Okay, I think my I think my roommate's doing this. Will I be starting over him? Because I'm I'm very competitive too. So uh, I was like, Will I be starting over him? And they're like, Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm like, All right, sign me up. I'm in. So, was there out of those three or any of the sports you played, did you have an all time favorite? Like, I wish I could do that as a future career. Things like that. Yeah, because um, I originally when I was like a kid, I was like, Okay, I want to try to go to the NBA. And then I realized I'm like, I don't. I'm probably not there yet because. You know, they're not, they're not starting me or anything like that. So I was like, okay, I, I know that's not going to work out. I know football was not, not in the tables either. Cause that was way too skinny to, to play. So, uh, when I got to college, I, I started playing lacrosse and I just got hooked. I love lacrosse. I still talk about, it. I still, you know, mess around with the stick. I, I've been playing for now, I think it's roughly about like 24 years. Wow. So I used, I played in like an old, old man's league. It's like over 35 lacrosse league and so i kind of stopped because of the kids and just it just took way too much time to do it but i would i would still play still be competitive you know i i I would still play it if i had the chance to you know and i could still pick it up pretty quick that's that's the one sport i I probably have could have done a lot of good things i kind of excelled and gone maybe to pro or whatnot but i just never that but when the when the pros came up it was just there was no money really yeah it was like you had to spend your own money just to play on a team. And it was just like, okay, it's not really, okay, not not the cards for me. The only time I ever played lacrosse was high school. But, you know, when you're playing in high school, everyone's trying to, like, hit each other with the sticks. It's like you're not really playing the game. And then college, my university was really a top level. But there was just no, like, interest to, like, oh, go see them play. It's always oh, I'm too busy, or they play at the weirdest times late at night or early in the morning on a weekend. And so I kind of watched it on. Now I see I get those Instagram reels about indoor lacrosse leagues, and it's more people fighting each other than actually playing the (laughs) game. I'm like, can I see clips of them actually playing? Not a fist fight like they're playing hockey or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the weird thing is, is with lacrosse is like a lot of people don't know like the rules that's true yeah like they'll go to the game and they're like okay what am i watching because like i i kind of try to tell them that just think of it as basketball hockey and soccer together in one sport and they're like okay and i'm like well it's almost like a hockey 
you know, um, the field's almost like a hockey rank because you have, you could walk behind the net and you could actually easily like substitute out through this little box and kind of go from there. And there's lines that you can't go through. So they're like, Oh, okay. And then basketball kind of like passing the ball and like shooting and stuff like that. And that's how I cut that. They like, okay, I got that. And then a little bit of soccer. Cause it's like all running, all running and like a little bit of football too, for like hitting, but it's like, I, for me, I really wasn't like the guy that would just like just full blown, like check somebody like that's not, that was not my cards. And I, I'm, I'm a six, six, you know, big dude. And so it was like, I, there was no need to like, just, you know, label somebody. It's just like, I'd rather just take a uh, tip their stick off and just like lose their hand and just the stick fly all over the place and the ball drop. And, you know, I, I love that more than just like create, like hitting people. So, you know, I'm, I was more of like a provision, uh, positional defensive player. You talked about your body size being skinny at the time playing sports. Did that not give you confidence when it came to playing as an athlete or did you try to do anything to kind of build that confidence in a way? Yeah. I mean, there was some, there's sometimes, especially in college, when I first started, I was barely I, like, I was a defensive end. And the only reason why, like, cause I was six, six and I was like barely over 200, barely at 200 pounds, but they, I was so fast to go around the corner, to go around the edge that half the lineman couldn't, couldn't catch me. So that's why they, you know, put me there. But it, it was, I mean, it, you see dudes in college, like you're in high school, you're like, okay, you know, you're, you're a decent sized kid for like the, you know, the league. And then you get to college and it's like, whoa, these are, these are big, <laughs> big boys here. Like I was not aware. I'm like, and then, then like working out wise and just seeing them lift. And it's just like, okay, this is like, I need to step it up. And it, it was like, I tried my best in, you know, I mean, I did play, I did get a good amount of play, especially in like special teams and stuff like that. But, you know, I, I started gaining a little bit more confidence and then like, that was my sophomore year. And then after the, after that concussion started coming in and I was like, okay, I'm, I'm done. This it's not, we're not worth it. I was playing like a D3 school and I'm like, I'm not going pro. There's no need for it. And I'm like, why would I want to wreck my brain even more yeah. to, to even like do what? Like, Oh, play like, for like arena league football and like they don't get paid that much either it's like it, there's no point i'm not gonna just i'm not gonna risk it we're always asked that dream question what is that dream job of ours as you're growing up what was that dream job for you oh it was all over the place like astronaut <laughs> then like fireman like i i had so many i was just like and then like when i got to before before i got to college i saw independence day and so i was like okay, I, I want to do like something like graphic design or like, like an, computer animation stuff. Cause like, that was like the movie with like animation with like the, you know, the, the sky, skyscraper blowing up and the mm -hmm. huge explosions and stuff. And I was like, all right, I, I want in. And so I went to a school down the street, um, down the street from my house to do graphic design work. Cause they did a little bit of animation too. And I was like, that's, that's what I want to do. And it kind of, you know, it worked out for a little bit, but then, you know, it was so hard just trying to get a job as a graphic designer so hard because they're like looking for experience and you're like, I just got out of college. So what's, I don't have anything. Was this also before like the whole freelance world took off? Cause now you can go to Fiverr and you can find millions oh, yeah. of people doing the same exact thing and they're independent contractors. Really? Yeah. I like, so I graduate. So I, I'm dating myself right now. So I graduated <laughs> college in 2002 and so they just started doing graphic design work, like with studios, companies and stuff like that. And they never had Fiverr or anything like that, like contract work. And then like, I, I did some freelance stuff and the people were just asking way too much for the time that I had. I was like, this is, this is not working out. I'm like, I can't, I can't do this. This, this is ridiculous. And then it was just like impossible to find a job for me. So, cause I was too busy playing sports and never really did internships. And then the internship I did go to, they were like, none of your, none of your designs are going to even like face the, the client at all. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, then this is, what, what am I doing here? Like, what am I doing here? So what was next after that? What way did you go? Did you try to go into a different route or you're going to just test your luck and see if you can still find it? Uh, so after college, I was like desperate to find a job. So I started doing construction work and stuff like that, you know, cause I was, I used to do that during the summertime for them, uh, for the company I worked for, like in between college. And so, and then that fell through because they didn't have any work left. And then I just started working another job doing like hazardous waste removal. And I was just like, 
not, I was like, I can't, I can't do this. Like, I'm like, I got a college degree and like, you know, I, I need, I knew I, I know I needed to do a little bit more. And so then I got this security job at the hospital that I was working at for the time, um, for a little while. And, you know, it kind of brought me into a path that I met this guy from the emergency department. He's like, Hey, you ever thought joining the military? And I was like, okay. I mean, I've never thought of it. I'm like 27 years old at the time. And I was like, you know, I want to get into nursing because I liked helping people out. That's like that. I still, I still like helping people out. And I was like, you know, I can get my way into maybe possibly getting into a nursing school and like going through the military. Cause I get the GI bill and all that stuff. And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll join the military. And so I joined at 27. Wow. And all, all the kids in my, all the kids in my unit were, I think like, I think we had like three 17 year olds. <laughs> And I was the oldest guy there by at least like three years or maybe more. And so they made me like the dorm chief and stuff like that. And I was sitting there lying on my bed. And I was like, part of my friends, I was like, what the F am I thinking? Like I'm a 27 year old man just joined the military. Like what is going on here? Like what, why am I doing this? This is stupid. And then, you know, seven years later, I was still in the air force and did had a great career and, now loved every minute. I would have done 20 years fully if I had the chance, but diabetes came in the way. So that was a different story. During that time at the air force, what's the biggest thing it taught you about yourself? Um, I love to have a schedule. I, I like, I need to be routines. There's like really nothing else. Like I like having a routine. I still do a routine, kind of the same thing. Like, like eating wise, I'll eat the same thing every single day and don't get bored of it. And so like, and then like have a, like with routines that just like, okay, I have to get up here. I have to do this. I have to, you know, get the kids ready, do this. And I have to go to work, do this, you know? So it, it kind of helps out, but then like you get the one thing that I don't do well is in like large crowds now. Cause like they always teach you like situation awareness. Like you're always on the lookout. Like, you know, you gotta make sure, you know, if there's like anybody that can like, you know, just watch out for something or something can happen. So it's like always situational awareness. So I'm like, I, I really, I could do large crowds, but it's just like, I just, it's just too stressful. You're like, I just, I'm like, I just want to get to like the farthest part of this crowd and just like, you know, where there's like really nobody like just like on top of you. See, I love schedules and my friends make fun of me, but then it's like, yeah, but I can get it done early if I need to. So it's like, even with the show, schedule when do i post when do i edit when do i market and practice that with work when do i make a call when do i start things like that but it makes me feel i accomplish a lot more when i get those things done and instead of oh if it happens it happens no i don't i don't work that way (laughs) i don't work that way at all yeah and I've, i've also learned with like lists and schedules like you don't don't put a lot on that list exactly because there's no way you're going to finish it all there's like it's impossible and then you just get discouraged and then like you like lose the schedule and you're like okay i'm not going to do this like whatever but like obviously with kids it's a whole different story like you, you try to get on a schedule and it's like nope i mean you you could do the best you can but it's sometimes it's just like impossible impossible to be on a schedule well you answered the biggest question with people listening to this is how we have the similar challenge with type one diabetes. Talk about the, how do we say it? The initiation story. How did it all come <laughs> about? How did you join the club? So uh, it was, it was funny. So um, I was living in New Hampshire for a while. I, like I was, I was in new England and my wife got a job. She's originally from Georgia. So um, she got a job down in Georgia and was like, Hey, we're moving down South. And I was like, Okay. I I don't have a job and I'm like, okay, let's, we'll live with your parents for a little bit and I guess go from there. And, uh, and so I, I, I drove down with her and my, you know, son, which was like, I think it was like two months old or something like that. And, and the dog, and we had two different, two separate cars. We both went down. Um, I flew back up and stayed, uh, at my parents' house for the month just to get my, um, my medical job. Um, cause I was working as a simulation specialist and kind of working in the ER for a little while. And I was like, okay, let me, get, let me get a month in on this and just like work, 
like that's that's really it just to make as much money as I can so when I get to Georgia it'll be like a little bit a little bit easier and I was like working out if I was like I had nothing else to do I was like work just work out and go to work that's it and so um I started drinking a lot of water and I was like okay well it's like midsummer it's it's stupid hot and so um when I went down to Georgia it was even worse like I I I think what really triggered like well, I was drinking like tons and tons of water and like I was drinking OJ in the middle of the night like orange juice and cuz like it would quench my thirst like that's it would it help out and um and then it got to the point where my wife, we were at a pool party and I took my shirt off and like, I was working out so hard and I was like, okay, I'm going to look pretty good. And she's like, you look really skinny, like really skinny. Like this is not normal for you. And so I was like, really? And I look at myself in the mirror and I'm like, oh my (laughs) God, like what happened? And so, um, I landed, I got an interview working at, uh, and I was working at as an working in the emergency department at a children's hospital in Atlanta and so they do this thing called uh, like it's a new or new hire orientation. And they do this, this thing called strong for life where, uh, which I think is pretty cool. Cause I, like, I love numbers. I love like, you know, just checking out numbers of like my body and just like, you know, what's good, what's not. And they're like, Oh, we do this thing called strong for life where we check your numbers. And I was like, yeah, go for it. Have at it. And you know, before they did that, they weighed me and I was like 21 pounds less than I was like, pretty much like three or four months, four, uh, three, wow. three or four weeks ago. And I was like, what, what is like, what's going on here? And then they checked my blood sugar and it was like three ninety. Oh. And, and the nurse was like, are, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, like what's, what's the deal? Like I'm, I'm fine. Like, and she's like, what did you have to eat this morning? I'm like two bowls of cereal. <laughs> like, like that's it. And she's like, are you sure you're feeling okay? And I was like, yeah, I feel perfectly fine. Like, don't, I, I don't know what, like, what's the deal? And so she checked it again. Um, she's like, okay, I need you to do a 12 hour, 12 hour fast. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, she's like, I'm like, what are you, what are you expecting? And she's like, I don't know. I just want to see what it's like. This could be just a fluke. And I was like, okay. So I did the 12 hour fast. I bought this like CVS glucometer, which I still have for to this day, like eight years in, I still have it. And, um, and so I checked it, it was like 271. And I looked at, it, I was like, Oh crap, that's not good. That's not good. And so I emailed the nurse and I was like, Hey, uh, my 12 hour fast was 271. And she's like, you need to go to an endocrinologist like right now. And I was like, I don't have insurance yet. Like I just got this job and like it, the, the insurance doesn't kick into like the first of the month and I had like another two weeks left. And so I, I went to the endocrinologist. I'm like, is there any way, can you bill me for like the first of the month? Cause that's when I get my insurance and they're like, yeah, that's, that's fine, whatever. And so they checked my blood sugar. It was like still like stupid high. And I'm like, I'm like, just, I'm like, what is going on here? Like, what is the deal? And so, and the guy was like, how much did you weigh before this? And I was like, like 23 pounds more than I was now. And she's, and he's like, yeah, I think, I think you're a type one diabetic. And I was like, <laughs> and this, this, I was 34 a month before my 35th birthday. That That's wild. When this happened. And so I was like, oh my God, like what, what? And so he gave me like two, a one insulin pen and like one for my long lasting one for my short acting. And I was like, what, what is happening? What is happening? And I was, I was literally driving home, like no radio was on nothing. I was just sitting there and si- like just driving in silence, just in awe of like, how the, how, how does this happen? How, like, I don't even know how this happens at all. Like I'm a 34 year old man that just got diagnosed with type one diabetes. Isn't that like a kid's thing? Like kids get it. And that's what everyone thinks now. But obviously it's like, supposedly the stats are like 60% of new onset diabetics get it after they're 35. And so it's like, okay. But like, I didn't know that, but I was like sitting there like dumbfounded the whole time. And I told my, my wife, I was like, I'm a type one diabetic now. And she's like, how? And I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I literally don't know, like no clue. And, um, 
so we're like, okay, we'll just have to figure stuff out and the change of diet and all that stuff. And I think my A1C was like 11.5. Oh, that's not good. No, which is like stupid, stupid high. And so I was sitting there like, and they're like, yeah, your A1C is supposed to be like a five, 5.8 or something like that. I was like, okay. All right. So yeah, I changed everything. So the, the crazy thing was like the first nine months I got my A1C down to, I think 5.8 from like 11.5. That's good. Yeah. And now I, w- I ate like a jackass and just like the year after <laughs> and went back up again. So <laughs> Well, you talk about your, it's so interesting when I interview diabetics on the show and the different ages and how each person got diagnosed. It's never the same story. Everyone is so different. And that's what we're trying to promote is everyone gets it differently. I was 10 when I got it, but I was in the hospital with something else. So I was with bacterial meningitis for a week. And then they found out, oh, you're a diabetic also. So it's like, but my A1C was at 13.8. Ooh, damn. They're, they're like, oh, you had like a 900 blood sugar. I go, huh? What does that mean? That is that good? Is that? Uh, <laughs> I, I've seen 1400 on a kid. I do not want to even want to know how that kid is still alive because that just sounds super dangerous. Well, I mean, I, I so I, 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 when I was working in the emergency room, I, I used to have kids come in that are nuanced diabetics for like diabetics and the kid that got it, um, he, what he would do is he was like really o- o- obese and what he would do is he would jack up, like he would just drink a whole bottle of Mountain Dew and don't oh. take his insulin for like two days. And then like it would spike up to, to 1400 so he could lose all that weight. Cause he realized it's a lot easier to lose the weight with high blood sugar. Cause you just pee everything out. <laughs> and so I was, I told him like, I'm like, bro, you're, you're going to like lose feet. You're going to like lose your eyesight. And like, you're not even like, you're, you're not even 21 yet. Like you have a year left to be 21 and you're going to be like completely useless, not use. I, I shouldn't say that, but you're going to be like no feet, no, no eyes. Like you'd be blind and like, you'll just be like, why did I do this? You're going to regret every minute you did it. And so, and I showed him like pictures of like, like neuropathy of the eye and like the feet and stuff like that. And he's like, I don't want that. And I'm like, well, you better stop. Like you better start taking the insulin. Correct. So, but yeah, it's, it's crazy what kids, what people do just to like lose weight and stuff, especially with diabetes. With you getting it at your age at 34, do you wish you got it at a younger age to experience other, like going through it? Like for me, I went through the 21 year old stage, the high school times, the college times with it. So I don't know anything else, but with you, you didn't have to go through that during those big moments, the partying. Well, I don't know if you partied, but the time where people do do that kind of stuff, or do you feel that it at the age, it was probably maybe okay because nothing's really changing as much. I I wouldn't want it when I was younger. There's no way. Cause like I, I, I was very immature, very, you know, irresponsible. I, I'm, I'm honest. Like it, it was, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't imagine being a diabetic when I was that age in like my twenties, like teenagers is I'd be like, I, I don't know. I don't know if I'd be probably be here right now. Well, wouldn't it change the military point? Cause I, I oh, yeah. heard that they wouldn't allow diabetics because we're such a hit or miss how if our blood sugars are out of control and we're, well, especially Air Force flying a plane around. Well, 10% of the Air Force flies planes. Okay. So I, I'm stereotyping right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but like, I mean, I was trying to get back in, but it was like to the point where like we, I had kids and stuff and I was like, my, my wife's like, you, or you take, you, you're like, you're gone a lot, especially like the medical division too. And like, they're like, I don't, I don't want, we, like, she's like, I don't want you to go back in. So, and I, I was thinking about it, like, even with the diabetic, I was talking to a bunch of recruiters that I that actually know. And I'm like, is there any chance can I get in? They're like, probably not. Yeah. And I'm like, mm, okay, well, you know, and then if I had, if I was a diabetic, I probably wouldn't have gone in the air force. I probably wouldn't have gotten the medical field. I'd probably be like doing some other thing and I probably wouldn't be here now. So it's just like, it's just the way, way things work too. It's crazy. 
when you were diagnosed and you heard like, usually the thing is, oh, you can't have sugar and stuff. Did that ever worry that you had to completely change what you ate? <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Cause, cause, cause like I, I always would talk to other diabetics. Cause like that, that's the beauty of like social media. I'd reach yeah. out to other diabetics and be like, Hey, like what, what can I eat? And what can I eat? They're like, you, they're like, you could eat whatever you want. Obviously I don't eat whatever I want, but like I eat a, like sometimes I'll splurge here and there, but it's like, just dose your insulin properly. And, th- and that's it. Like just, just measure everything right. And then you're, you're fine. And I'm like, okay. So, I mean, I would splurge in like ice cream here and there, <laughs> like, like not nothing crazy. Just like, yeah. I wouldn't like like the, the Mount belly ache of like ice cream Sundays, but I, I would have like ice cream and then I would do like, you know, take insulin and stuff like that. And then like, I'd eat pancakes and stuff, you know, just like once a week, like if that, so pancakes, I like, I'd make them for my kids and then I'd eat them. But like, it's just all in moderation, pretty much just dose your insulin properly and you'll be, you'll be fine. I, th- I think that's just my personal reason. So, well, I love when families are like, oh, you can't have that. I go, who said I can't have that? Exactly. I didn't exactly. say I couldn't have that. I just choose not to like, Brownies were a kryptonite when I was growing up and I would test myself when I was at the beginning of it and I would start gaining the weight, blood sugars were out of control, things like that. But then over time, it's, I started telling myself I needed to change. And now lately I've been finding like, I eat so many salads. And so I'm like pouring salad dressing on my salads. Well, then I found a salad dressing that has no sugar, no carbs. So I'm like, oh. I can have as much as I want, whole bottle, (laughs) literally. But it just taught me a lot about what I'm eating, but it didn't change what I'm eating Mm -hmm. in a way. I -hmm. had to be smarter. Yeah, pretty much. It's it's not like, you know, I'm I'm eating like all this junk food all at once. I mean, it's just in moderation. You know, if if like, you know, once once a week, I'll have like an ice cream or something like that. If, If we, but like, that's not all the time. And so, you know. And like even pancakes, like I won't there's some, some, some weekends I won't make pancakes. I'll just eat what I usually eat for breakfast. And then the kids will have something else and they'll, they'll have the same thing I'll have. So it's, you know, just whatever. If you and like even pizza too, like I love pizza, love yes. pizza. And, and it's just in moderation, like just know how many units you need to take for that, for that, like whatever, how much you're eating. But that's the problem though. Like when you're, when you're like out in a restaurant, like you really don't know how much, like pizza you need, like how much insulin you need for the pizza exhibit a, like I went to a pizza place today and I was bottoming out cause I over calculated. And so it's, it happens, but whatever. I mean, it's just, it's a, it's a, it's a 24 seven numbers game. Your life. You'd like to talk about being an athlete and fitness has been a big thing. Talk about fitness and diabetes together. Has it played a big effect? How have you managed it and things like that? I think, I think it has. Um, cause you know, if pre diabetes, I just go in and work out and just like have at it. But then like, since having diabetes, I got to check if like, if I'm really high, I can't go. So, yeah. but and like, it's just, it's, it's, it sucks. Cause like, it's just, I love working out. Like that is like, it's my, it's, it's my personal, you know, gateway just to kind of, you know, improve myself and just, like, you know, just meet me time, meet me time pretty much. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, like it's, it kind of, it's like a bummer. It's like, like I said before, it's like a numbers game pretty much throughout the whole process. And then if your blood sugar is like stupid high, you're just like, well, I can't, can't work out. Like I'll might go for a walk if that, and then it's just like, you get discouraged with that. And I'm like, screw it. I just, I'll just sit on the couch and just wait for it to go down. And then like, it would take forever to go down. But like, for me, I think for, I've, I've actually learned that if I stop eating at like 7 PM and don't, I don't, I don't eat till like 7 P 7 AM the next morning and I'll work out at like five in the morning to work out. And so I'll be like, I, you can call it like fasting or whatever. And, um, I just feel like I get better results for like my blood sugar and it won't like, it'll spike up a little bit because you still have that like fight or flight hormones that start kicking in and, and like, I'll, I'll see my blood sugar go up to like 230 or something like that, or like 300. And I'm like, okay, well, I know it's my hormones are like just all yep. over the place. Cause they're just like, what the hell's going on? 
And so then I'm like, okay, well, I'll just like dose it properly. And then like after a while, my hormones will just like level out and then my blood sugar will be perfectly fine again. So it's, you know, it's, I, ha- I have a Dexcom right now. It's like that CGM that's like attached to your belly. Yeah. And like constantly, like I work out and like, I'm like looking at the timer on my phone and it's like, oh, you're high, you're high. And I'm like, I'm not, lo- I'm not looking at you. Like I can't, I can't <laughs> look at you right now. So, because it's like, I, I know it's going to go up. It's, it's, it's obvious and so i mean it's yeah it's just it is what it is pretty much but like i i try to aim at like 200 for me working out because i'll just go I'll, I'll run or like lift heavy weights and typically like running i'll just like bottom out for some reason and it's it's weird like i'll like i'll go for a run and i'll be like like i'm not even like a half a mile away from my house and i'm at like 40 like or like 50 like my blood sugar is at 50 and I'm like, Oh God, how, how the hell am I going to make it home? Yeah. So like luck, luckily like one of my neighbor friends, she has like a UPS like basket in her house that like has like cookies or like treats and stuff like that. So I'll just like <laughs> go to her house and just take one of those bags. She's, she allowed me. So, um, and like just take those to kind of get my blood sugar up a little bit and then just kind of like walk the rest of the way home. So it's just like so annoying for running. Cause I, I like running and, but it's just like, it's, I can't do it. I, I, unless I have, I need to have like at least like a fanny pack with like filled with like stuff with me to even like make it throughout the whole run. You got to get one of those that goes across like, and it's just on your back so that you just flip it around and then just pop the glucose tablets or whatever you use for low blood sugars. Well, well type one lifting does have one. So <laughs> plug it. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I just feel with uh, fitness, it's so trial and error for us because I would work out during work or my lunchtime and my blood sugar would just go straight up, straight down because I eat lunch right after. But anytime I would work out after dinner, oh, nighttime, it's going to be a nightmare. I'm either going low, I wake up late, I wake up not knowing where I'm at because my blood sugar has been low all night. And it's the worst feeling ever. So I've had to like test myself like, okay, if I work out at night, what do I eat after to balance it out in a way, knowing that it's just going to go up straight down. And Mm -hmm. it's the worst feeling because you don't want your body to go through that, but it's it's, it's it's tiring. Like if you go high, then low, high, then low, it, it like, it takes a toll. Like you get exhausted. You, and it's, yeah, it's it happens. Have you ever thought about working out in the morning? No, I'm the person. I work from home, and so oh, jeez, come on! You could definitely wake up in early in the morning and do it. Come on! I wake up at the last minute. Wake up, get clothes on, walk five steps to my desk, and then I'm it's when I'm supposed to be working. Even though my Peloton bike is st- sitting right next to me. I'm like, I should just get on it and then just hop over. But then I'm a sweaty mess. If I get over there, you're in your house, you're working, but that's home, so man. true. No one would see me, but I've thought about it. It's just, it, I'm, I, I sleep so late that I sleep till like the last second and then I'm up all night. So I probably need to change. I'm horrible. <laughs> I mean, like I used, I I changed it because I used to work nights too. I'd be up from like eighty. I'd work out from like, I don't know, like eight to ten p.m. or even eleven. Wow. And then I would go to go home, like stay up even a little bit longer because obviously, like working nights, you got to stay up. And um, and then I stopped doing that. I was working days, and I was like, okay, I need to, you know, I definitely need to change this. Like this is. And then I just started working out in mornings and I, it's a complete game changer, like for me, because like, I'm, I'm a kind of awake, but like not yet, but I feel like I'm, I get more of a workout compared to like working out in the afternoon. But most of all my like PR lists have just been like in the afternoon around like two on the weekends on like a Mm -hmm. two, two to four o'clock like slot, because like I'm running around my kids, I'm warmed up and stuff like that. But it's like morning time. I just feel like I get a better workout and I feel when I get to you know work, I feel like a million bucks and stuff. So during this time, have you hit any fitness goals that you've had set for yourself? Uh, well, I wanted to do a weightlifting competition this summer and I threw my back out twice. Ooh. Um, and that was mainly cause 
I, I, my hamstrings were so tight that my back was just like, nope, and just tightened up and just tweaked. And so, um, I was on a, on real path for like working out like, cause like the Olympic, uh, Olympic weightlifting meet, you do only two lifts, you do the snatch and the clean and jerk. And so with my weight and the weight that I was lifting, I was probably going to go like do really, really well from all like the weightlifting coaches that I've talked to. And I just tweaked my back and I was like, okay, then like I, I had like a couple weeks left before the meet. And I'm like, there's no way I can make this. There's, there's no way. And then um, I had another one set up, tweaked my back again. Oh, so it was, it was like, okay, it's, it's, I was destined not to do it this summer, maybe in August or September or something like that. So, but I was so, so disappointed because I really wanted to do it. Actually, no, the first, sorry, the first one that I was supposed to do, it was my mother-in-law's birthday party. <laughs> and so I was like, can I just go and then come back later? And there's my wife, my wife's like, no, you're not doing that. And then, and then like the second, uh, the second one, I took it back. So. Does that yeah. give you more drive for that next opportunity to even go harder, but knowing that you don't want to injure yourself so you can actually make it to that event? Yeah. So today was actually speaking, we're doing about the podcast today. So um, <clears throat> today I actually did push myself probably the hardest I've done since I've tweaked my back because I felt like my back has been perfectly fine. Like I would test some things out see some things and do some lifts. And I'm like, okay, I think, I think now might be a good time to kind of push it a little bit. And obviously like do a lot of stretching because that's what typically happens. Like if your hamstrings are tight, then your back's just gone. Like you're, mm -hmm. you're going to just blow your back out and obviously wrong form too. Is another big thing? But yeah, I I'm, I'm hope I'm hoping I can get one in this year right before my, my 43rd birthday. So I think I've had those moments where pushing myself too hard. Um, last year, I, t I w had a moment where I was in the hospital and I knew I had to change like everything, blood sugars, stuff like that. Weight wise, I was 50 pounds heavier and it took me a year to finally get the 50 pounds off. You might've saw that photo that I posted myself and I would never post a photo like that ever. I'm not that type of person. I'm just, I'm more like laid back, casual, but I'm mm -hmm. like, I'm proud of what I've done. Hell yeah, you should what be, I absolutely. Wanted, what I've accomplished. And it, now it's like, okay, I did that. What's next? And so I'm like scrambling to find something and I'm excited to see what's next. And I think yeah. what you're talking about with these competitions, it makes you excited to get there and actually do it because you want to see all this hard work be played in effect. You don't want to get to it and then miss out or not be able to do it. And then you're like, well, I just want to give up now. We're mm -hmm. diabetics. We don't give up. Yeah, it's, of course not. We want no. to get out there. And especially um, your drive and your attitude, just even the times we've known each other, I can never see you giving up at all. Mm -hmm. Well, it, it's funny because it, with like lifting, it's, it's, I, I think it's, it's almost like, um, millionaires becoming their first millionaire, becoming the first millionaire. It's like, yeah, yeah. Okay. You see that in the bank account. You're like, okay. All right. Then the next is like 2 million. And it's like almost like Olympic weightlifting. It's, and it's like, okay, like I hit this clean and jerk at this number and okay, let's see if I can go like five pounds more. Yep. And then you kind of push it. And then like the snatch, you're like, okay. I can constantly do this weight at this certain number all the time now, like no problem. Okay. Now I want to, instead of doing this weight, I want to do this. And so, I mean, I, I have, I have some set numbers I want to hit. Um, like, like my snatch, I want to hit 250. Um, in my clean and jerk, I was aiming for 330. Oh, wow. So I've done, I've done, I've, I've actually cleaned, squat clean 330 once. And so I've cleaned and jerked 320 and then I've snatched 240. So I think it was two, no, 245 once. So <laughs> I'm just hearing these weights and I'm like, I, I wouldn't even be able to even move the, the, um, the, the oh bar, God, the bar or the weights. I'm like, can I just roll it over? Yeah. Well, I mean, you can there, but they're proper plates. So you're good. So, <laughs> But, but like, you gotta, you gotta realize that it took me so, so long to get there. Yes. I mean, I, I started, I think I started 
doing CrossFit slash like Olympic weightlifting. I think I was 29 going into 30 or something like that. So from being a 30 year old to, to a 42 year old. And like, if you told me like I was going to be like throwing this amount of weight up, like all the time there, I'd be like, you're out of your mind. There's no way, <laughs> no way. Especially like being in my thirties. Cause I was like, just working on technique and just like awful form. And like, it was just, it was gross, but, uh, but it was like, it, it was, it's all learning. Cause like, it's, even though you're just learning those two lifts, it's, you know, all technique, you just watch everyone else do it. And it's like, okay, they do it this way. Maybe I should try it this way or even cross CrossFit too. I love, love, love CrossFit. Like I, that's all I've done. Like working out wise, I don't do weightlifting, like, you know, programs. It's just like all CrossFit. And so it's just like, it's like learning new things. You're like, okay, your first bar muscle up. Cool. Your first ring muscle. Up, cool. Your first, you know, you know, you, you can actually completed a workout in the first, in the time that's like allotted for the workout. You're like, oh, yes, yes. All right. And then it gets to the point where like, well, for me, it's like, okay, there's an 18 year old kid there that I can know I can definitely beat. I think, <laughs> but he's, he's a cross country athlete. So it's a running event. So I don't know if we, I'll, I'll do my best to do it. And it's like, it was, it's just stuff like that. It's like, it just makes you get better. And I think is like, I always preach technique. Cause like, if your technique's gone, you're going to get hurt. Yeah. Or something's going to, something's going to happen. And it's like, it's cringy to see some people in the gym and I like try to give them pointers. And it's like, it just, sometimes it falls on deaf ears. And I'm like, I am at the point I'm like, okay, I gotta, I gotta slow my roll and just, let them do it and they'll figure it out. And so, and if they have any questions, they can come to me. When was your first time seeing CrossFit? Cause I remember, I don't know when, maybe I was in high school or middle school and it was on ESPN and I'm watching this and I'm like, these people are crazy. Like <laughs> these people are out. These they're like superheroes, the women and the men and all they're doing. It's like the women are catching up to these guys doing yep. it. When yeah. was the first exposure for you? So the first exposure, I was at um, Airman Leadership School. So it's it's like a leadership program where you're a senior airman and you take this class to go to become a staff sergeant. And the the Air Force Base I was at, it was like right down the street from my house. And um, I was lucky to go there and they had a CrossFit gym there. And I, before that, I was doing like this... Um, I don't know if you heard of it. It's called the 300 workout where like the guys from 300 would do this like circuit training and like I would do that. And um, so I was like, I was doing that like at least once or twice a week. And um, I was like, I could do this. And so I go up to the class and they're like, Hey, uh, typically you need to do an on-ramp program, but I, you know, we'll just see what you got, see what you got. And then we'll, we'll, we'll kind of see if you need to do the on-ramp program which was stupid because I should have done it, but whatever, I didn't do it. So I did the work. I just started doing the workouts and they're like, yeah, I, I don't think you needed to do the on-ramp program. We'll just, we'll just teach you all, like on the way to most of the stuff. And I was like, okay. And like, I, I kind of did it over spite because this other girl, like I could not stand at, at my, at my class. She's like, Oh, I'm going to start doing CrossFit. I'm doing an on-ramp program too. And I was like, Oh God. Okay. All right. And I like, and I was like, okay. So I just walked in there and I'm like, just tried it out. And you know, it was like, I, and I, I got hooked. I, I loved it. Like the first workout, I was just suffering and just pushing yourself and it just, it just felt good. So for me, so, but I just like to suffer here and there once in a while. So <laughs> and it, no, like, like, like on a bike ride or something like that, like your legs are burning. You're like, okay, shut up legs. <laughs> just keep on going. Or just like, if I'm doing air squats or running, it's just like, shut up. Just, just go, just go. Just like, just keep on going. So <laughs> I just love it. I'm just going to let my body suffer. It's yeah, worth why it. Not? It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> but like, you got to think like, if you suffer tip, if you like suffer just a little bit, it's like, like you'll, you'll get better in the long run, yeah. but I'm not saying like, you're not going to suffer like every single day. That's just a recipe for just bad. Like just, just it's no, no bueno, no bueno, but like, just like a couple workouts, you're like, okay, like it's getting close to the end of the workout or like the next round before I can like take a break. So let's just like push it a little bit and then, you know, you get your little break, then go back at it again. So it's, it's like that. So it's not like, 
Uh, I just like, I throw myself on the floor after I'm yeah. done. Like, I, I don't do that either. Like, I don't, I don't act like a, like a dead dog. Like I, I've, I think I've only laid down, I think maybe like three or four, like three times. Wow. And I, I don't, I, I, I just, I don't think you need to do it. But there's some, there's some date times that I was like, like didn't know what to do with myself. I was like all over the place. And I'm like, all right, I'll just lay down. Cause I, I just felt, I felt comfortable doing that. So, but yeah, I don't, I don't like laying down. It's just not my thing. So all the events or, uh, ops, not obstacles, but events that they have in CrossFit, which one's your favorite and which one's your hardest? Uh, I liked, I like Murph. So Murph is a, uh, it's a workout. It's from Lieutenant uh, Murphy. Uh, so he is one of the guys from uh, the Lone Survivor movie. Okay. So he was he was the he was the um, Navy SEAL that um, had called in air support. And the only way you can get air support is um, off of a ledge that was open. And so he sacrificed his life to call in air support to like you know get his guys home. And so he died on that hill pretty much. And so they did a, every Memorial day, they do a workout. Um, it's a one mile run, um, hundred pull-ups, 200 push-ups, 300 air squats in a mile run. And you could do it with like a, a weighted vest, a 20 pound weighted vest. And I do it with a weighted vest and I, I like, you could just stage it doing like, you know, like, like two pull-ups, like five air squats, five push-ups, and like 10 air squats. I, I, I go, you know, 100, 200, 300 per run because that's the way it's supposed to be done. So I, I don't partition it, but like, that's probably one of the hardest workouts I do like yearly. Wow. Yeah. Cause like it's, it's every Memorial day, you know, you just, you know, you want to, you know, do it for him or do it for like the people that sacrifice their lives to, you know, for this great country and stuff. And my favorite one, uh, Jeez, I don't know. This is a tough one. There's so many good ones. So many good <laughs> workouts. No, uh, oh, I don't know. I don't know. I can't. I can't think of it right now. You got to get me back on that one. But like this, oh good. There's, there's a lot of them. So I've I love like some of the programming that some of these guys do too. So, but I actually you know what I I'll, I'll give you one. So there was a during the CrossFit Open there was a um, a rowing wall ball workout where it was like 20 yeah like you had like 19 minutes you had to do 19 wall balls 19 calorie row as many rounds as you can constantly and for me being a tall guy this is like the workout of my dreams it's <laughs> like long poles you can do get calories and, and like wall balls you're like literally just throw it up and like it just comes right back down at you within like a couple seconds so you can just like wrap them out pretty quick so yeah it's i mean i, I would, i'd probably say that's one of my favorite workouts See, when you say wall ball, that's not the wall ball I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of like you take a four square ball and you start hitting it and you're trying no, to. No, 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 no. It's, it's, it's a med ball, a 20 pound <laughs> yeah. med ball. You just throw it up. I there. knew yeah. what you were talking about. I'm like, that's yeah. not, the, to me, it's my kind of wall ball is more fun. Yeah, yeah. Talking about CrossFit, it leads into your podcast, which everyone, if you're listening to it, you can't see on his screen his little banner. But talk about the creation of Type One Lifting Podcast as we're both diabetics and fellow podcast hosts. So uh, before the podcast, yeah, I, I have a t-shirt company. That's the main thing that started out. Um, it happened because when I was working at the Children's Hospital in the ER, I would always welcome the new onset diabetics coming into, um, you know, the ER and just letting them know like, hey, you know, this is my experience. You know, you're in a great, great, like, you know, hospital to be taken care of. Um, and so just kind of making, making it a little bit easier for them to like, understand like they're in going to be, they're going to be in great care. Um, so one day I walked in and there was this mom crying hysterically outside in the hallway. And I was like, what, what's, what's, what's her deal? Like, and so they told me like, oh, her five-year-old daughter just got diagnosed with type one diabetes. And I'm like, damn, five years old. Like that's, wow. I mean, I've, I've met people that have gotten diabetes like two weeks after they were born. So, oh. yeah. So, Ooh. so anyway, so, um, I, I walked in there and I was like, Hey, I, I like, I always welcome them. I always give them like kids a high five and stuff like that. Cause it's a scary situation. You know, yep. you're in an emergency room. You have like random people. You don't know who, like who they are. 
So like, I was like, Hey, welcome to the club. And so I gave her a high five and I was, she's like, I want water. She wanted like no part of me. And then the mom like looks at me like, what is wrong with you? And I was like, I, I just want to let you know that I'm a type one diabetic too as well. Um, and so she's like, Oh, and I'm like, and I told her my story of how I got diagnosed and like, listen, like you're, you're going to be admitted to the hospital or you're going to be in the best care possible. Um, you know, I'm here all weekends. I'll bring you upstairs when you guys get admitted to the hospital. Um, if you have any questions, you know, feel free to reach out. Like I'm seriously down here, like the whole weekend, like Saturday, Sunday, like 7am to 7pm. Like I'm not leaving. And so you can come down. And so she, she was like, you know, thank you very much for doing this, you know? And then I brought her up, I brought him up to this ICU. Cause that's typically what we do. I don't know if they did that with you. Um, mm -hmm. So take him to the ICUs to get admitted just to make sure like everything's okay. And I was like, you know, like I said, once again, and I'll say it again, like I'm here all weekend, stop by, you know, feel free. And she gave me the biggest hug and she's like, thank you for like pretty much taking me off the ledge. And I'm like, you're, you know, you're, you're welcome. I, you know, thank you for, you know, listening to my, you know, goofy ass, you know, pretty much. <laughs> and so, um, <clears throat> I'm walking downstairs, um, and I'm going to the elevator and I'm like thinking to myself, I'm like, you know, I really talk, talking to these peak kids are great and the parents, but I think I need to do a little bit more. And so I was like, okay. And I was like, I was trying to figure out ways to, what I was going to do. Um, and I was like, you know, I was planning to do a t-shirt company with, of course, like fitness t-shirt companies or whatever. Um, I was like, you know, I was going to start to do a t-shirt company and figure something out. And I'm like, you know what, why don't I just do, and I heard a podcast of, um, saying that like, if you're like a product to be more successful, if you donate it, if you have proceeds donated to a charity. And I was like, that's a genius idea. And so I started a t-shirt company that donates to the children's diabetes foundation because they were the only one that was that reached back out to me and said yes we'd love to have you as someone to donate to our hospital and they're based in denver um i typically donate um the proceeds of the shirts and everything else to um the like where the, they, they have like a like a little drop down menu when you donate uh, of like the most of greatest needs because that's a little bit more important than like anything else really like clinical trials and stuff like that yeah that's that's fine but like the greatest needs, I, I think that I think are more important than anything else. So, um, you know, I even tried the children's hospital I worked at and they, I got no response. Wow. I, I was shocked. And I'm like, literally you have the same email address than I do. And I got no response back whatsoever. And I was like, okay, well you had your shot. So, oh, well, but yeah, it was, um, yeah. And I'm very grateful. Like they, they're super nice. I've been on their, been on their magazine a bunch of like, a, like once. And so, yeah, they're, they're like, they're like, it's a, I think it's a great partnership. So. Did I forget to put magazine model now? And oh, yeah. I, oh. I've been, I've been on a couple of magazines. It, it, <laughs> um, it, it's, it's, it's crazy to think that like, you just like, they want to hear my story and put it put it in a magazine article. And I'm like, I'm just some dude that likes working out that wants to donate and just that's it. So I'm nothing like, I don't, I mean, I don't think I'm special, you know, I'm just a normal guy with diabetes and wants to help the world pretty much. So I, I'm the same. I, I feel the same way. I'm like, if someone wants to hear a story about me. What I'm not, I'm some small guy from Missouri. Like what's <laughs> like, who wants to, who wants to learn? I mean, I am an open book. So, but here, even when I did interviews, it's like, okay, what's so special about my story? What's helping me stand out? But I love it. When yeah. you're talking to your guest, it's a lot about around fitness and that impact. What do you enjoy about talking that, to those guests about? Um, with my guests there, I've done like CrossFit athletes. It's the majority of CrossFit athletes, um, Olympic weightlifters, powerlifters, uh, diabetic weightlifters, diabetic powerlifters, like trainers, I, I love hearing people's stories. It's almost like a book pretty much. Like yep. I ask them questions and be like, Hey, you know, why did you do this? Or like, when did you get diagnosed? Like, why did you get involved in this? And just like kind of hearing 
like their their story that they probably never really talked about to anybody else. And it's cool, like just it's just I, I think it's I love hearing people's stories. I think it's so cool. And like getting their experience of going to the CrossFit games or getting their experience of being like the number one power lifter in their weight class or like being like a three-time CrossFit Games athlete, then going into weightlifting and being the number one in their weight class. It's just like un- unreal. It's like, and if you told me like all this, this podcast pretty much like uh, started with like three other guys, it was supposed to be with three other guys. And I've told you before, and it was just so difficult to get all three of us together at once. And I'm like, okay, forget it. I'll just do it my own. I'll just, I'll just do whatever. My, I'll just do it myself. And my first podcast started at a Panera Bread. And so, which is crazy. Cause like, I was like at a weightlifting meet and I'm like, I was seeing this girl, seeing this girl that was weightlifting. Cause I wanted to see what a weightlifting meet was. And, um, and I just spur the moment. I'm like, screw it. Just do it. Hey, you want to do a podcast? All right, I'll do it on Panera bread. Let's go. Well, and then we'll do the interview and then we'll just, you can go back. I'll talk to you later. I'll give you a shirt, whatever. So, uh, but yeah, it's, if, if you told me I got to see or meet all these people in in this in like the fitness space i'm like you're out of your mind there's no way no way i'm like all these people like i i look i don't look up to but it's just like i watch and i root for because they're cool people and it's it, i i just i'm in awe of like all the people that i've interviewed it's like uh, unreal i love how you said that if i if I never would believe that this would be the path that you would be be going on. I have that same feeling and I'm like thinking I'm still in a dream. Like, is this all really happening? Because if I didn't do this show, I wouldn't have met you or the diabetic community, which has helped me so much. And I've built a bind with all you guys because we all can relate to each other. We all can learn from each other. We just enjoy each other's thoughts and what we're going, what's going on in the diabetic community. But even some of the people like that I've looked up to, when I asked you what your dream job was, mine was to be a game show host. Okay. I can see that. I can definitely see that. So obviously I'm hosting, not a game show, but I've (laughs) actually gotten to interview game show host idols of mine. And I'm thinking, how is this possible? I have no agent. I don't have a manager. I'm not a celebrity, but these people are taking their time to talk to me. And it just means so much. And it's almost like we're both building like this scrapbook in a way where we can look back years from now and say, wow, I talked to this person. And it's just, it's the, it's an amazing feeling. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And it, and it's, I mean, for, for me, I've interviewed a couple of, um, like the announcers from the CrossFit games, actually like oh. three of them. Um, and one of them was like, he's like that he's been, he's been with the cross. He's been with CrossFit for like a long time. And he's like, Hey man, that was really, really good. Like really good. And I was like, wow. Like <laughs> he said that, like, I did a great job. He's like, you did your homework. And he's like, have you ever thought about like other type of media? And I'm like, wow, what do you think? And he's like, well, well, CrossFit, like, you know, contracts, stuff, people out to do certain things. And I was like, oh, I'm like, wait a second. So you're telling me I couldn't do stuff for the actual CrossFit, like, comp- company? And they're like, yeah. Like, and I'm like, oh, that's, that's, I, I would never think that would happen. Like, ne- never, never. Um, obviously it hasn't happened, but I'm not, I'm not really too worried about that. But like, <laughs> I, I love, podcasting like i just i i really can't get enough of it. I, I don't listen to the radio i'll just listen to podcasts and you know just hear other people's stories and like obviously i have to do my research for you know i just started a crossfit like news group where i have like three other people with me uh we call we call ourselves a touch and go gang and um and yeah we talk about the news too and so i have to like do a lot of homework for that and you know and i've i'm luckily i'm 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 glad because uh, one of the other podcasts that I, I really look up to and um, he's like, Hey, would you want to join my media team? Oh, and so I'm part of Clydesdale media since, you know, January and you know, it's been pretty cool. I'm on their, you know, YouTube channel and, you know, just seeing all the videos of me podcasting and like seeing all those views of just like, like, I don't even care if it's like three people. It's just like, you know, 
granted, I'm, I'm getting more than that. I'm getting close to like a thousand down, thousand views on my on each episode, but well, five hundred to a thousand. But it's like these people sat down or like we're doing something else and actually listening on YouTube or like listening on my podcast. And like, it's like unreal. Like just look at these numbers. Like, like I don't get depressed if I see low numbers. I'm just like, wow, these people still are like, I have like whatever, like, like 200 people like listening to my podcast. Like how cool is that? Yeah. So it's, I, I don't, I don't like, I just, I just think like, these are just, these are actual people listening to my show. It, it's on, it's, it's crazy. And now my son wants to get involved too. So we got, we got a little podcast for him too. So yeah, we'll talk, I'll we'll talk about that later, but anyway, um, no, every, even all the videos, even the group with the three other people, it's just, you can tell that you guys enjoy what you're doing. It's not like, Oh, it's a job. I have to do this. No, you have the passion for it. You care about it. You want to, to create it. It doesn't feel like a job for you. And yeah. that's what makes podcasting so much fun is you enjoy it. Like, yeah, I've worked all day today, but when I come and do this, it's, it's fun. I, I enjoy it. I look forward to it throughout the entire day. Yep. Yeah. And it's funny. Cause like, I knew they were, I, I knew the other three were like, in because they started buying like, like they were like asking me about like radio, like podcasting gear. And I was like, <laughs> okay, like I know these guys want to do it. And they love, they love doing it. Like I hear from other people that like, Hey, like you guys do great. And they love they Like, they, like, yeah, I've talked to, you know, Xander or like Hannah or, you know, Vic. And they're like, yeah, they, they love, you know, getting the chance to talk and stuff. And like, I kind of like, I obviously run the thing and I'm like, okay, here are the bullet points that I want to hit up. Like, what do you guys want to hit up? And it's just like, yeah, it, it, it's, it's finally like we're on a third episode and it's like finally like flowing. It's like really flowing instead of everyone like kind of cutting into each other, which is, which is awesome. So, so what does the future look like for you? What are you hoping to accomplish in the next few years, both personally and professionally? Mm, I would, I would love to be a full-time podcaster. Okay. I can see it. Love, love to do it. Um, I mean, the, the one problem is, is insurance. Yeah. Um, you know, I would love to get the chance to do that. Like I can, I mean, obviously I'm doing it right now. I can sit down and like choose someone ear to choose someone ear off, just like talking the whole time. Like no problem. <laughs> like whatever. Like, and like, it's funny cause my full-time job, I'm a medical recruiter and I talk to people on the phone all day about a position or, or whatever. And I kind of talk to them like what their experiences are. And then I come home and I'll like talk to the kids, talk to the wife, and then like do a podcast like for an hour and a half. It's just like, I can talk. I have no problem talking. It's just, you know, I would love to do that full time if I could. Um, obviously like, uh, career wise, I mean, I would like to be a little bit more successful as a recruiter too. I mean, that would help. Um, and then we are actually moving to a new house um, as we speak. And um, I would like to get a little better setup than this. Um, and granted, I do have like the blue lights and everything like that and <laughs> all that jazz. I have like the $10 flag personal thing I made. Um, but I, I kind of want to just and like not have like a squeaky chair too. That's another thing. Um, <laughs> Cause I got this from like my neighbor. So anyway, uh, I would like to build a better studio pretty much. Um, because like I would, I was thinking about maybe doing like a type one lifting, like background wall that you like hang up and stuff like that. You know, I don't, I'd, something like that. Um, and then for, I would like to actually go to, uh, an actual like legit CrossFit meet. Uh, I've, I've watched them and it's just, it's so hard to get them. But like my main goal is in January, there's a, uh, a CrossFit competition in, in, uh, in Miami called Wadapalooza. And, um, one of the guys that is the head guy of the media company that I work, that I'm kind of partnering with, um, he is going to be there and he's like, Hey, you know, there's a room available if you want to, you know, hop in and kind of hang out with me and we can do podcasts and stuff like that. And like, I just want to see it's like a big party scene, but it's like with fitness, like there's hundreds of athletes there working out and there's other people like really famous people, like, you know, they're hanging out and just like shooting content. Um, 
So I, I, I have a huge list. Uh, I want to start doing, <laughs> I, I, I want to start doing a, a YouTube channel, which I already have one right now, but I haven't really done much to it. Um, of me, of my journey, uh, to at least do well in a weightlifting competition from my, my start to the finish doing a CrossFit work, do, just doing CrossFit workouts and being, doing a, uh, an Olympic weightlifting meet. So, and then obviously be a great parent, great dad. Great husband, you know, and yeah, that's pretty much it. Really got a lot on your plate. I can tell. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Huge. That's what I told you. Long list. <laughs> the final question I'll ask you for someone that's listening to this interview based on your journey and experience, what tips or advice would you give them to overcome obstacles, accomplish their goals and rise to the challenge? So I always use this quote. Um, I got this quote from Richard Branson. He had a book out. It called, it was called screw it. Just do it. Um, I, I live by that. Um, I wouldn't have probably done this t-shirt company type one lifting. I definitely would have done this podcast if I didn't say screw it, just do it because you know, it's, you always think like especially with a t-shirt company that you always think that there is like the right time to pull the trigger and do mm -hmm. it. And it was like there, the, the perfect time was yesterday Yeah, and you just ruined it. So just go out and do it. Cause you can, you know, like you're going to have some mishaps and stuff like that. Like my first rendition of the t-shirts, like the printing was off and it was just like breaking up. It was just awful, but it was like, it's a learning curve. Like, okay. I need to learn more about printing and like what type of printing I need to do and stuff. And then with podcasting, it was like, okay, like the first time I did a podcast, I thought the first ever podcast I did, the recording wasn't going through. I, I thought, I thought like, I was like, crap, I gotta, we gotta do this over again. But I didn't realize like the program was loading. Cause like, I didn't really go into how to use the, how to use the app properly. And then you know, working my way with audio. Like I would take my, like my mixer, like my zoom H five and aim it at the computer speaker and record it that with my other speaker. And I'm like, wait a second. And then I looked at a YouTube channel and I'm like, Oh wait, you can connect your mixer to your computer. And that's how you get the sounds. That's how you get good sound. I was like, Oh my God. Like why nice think of it? Like, it's just, you know, just, it's a learning story. It's just like, screw it. Just do it. Just like, whatever. It sounds like garbage. Just get better. You know, it's, it's going to happen. Or if like, you're not really good at a movement, just screw it. Just do it. Just like, just whatever. Just see what, what, which movement, you know, which way you move can make this lift or, you know, make this movement or, or, you know, make this exercise a lot quicker. You know, it's just, I don't know. I just, I just say, screw it. Just do it. That's my thing. Well, Thomas, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show and talking about your rise to the challenge. You're inspiring so many people and we're excited to see what the future looks like for you. Thanks, man. Dude, I, I once again, I, I always say like, thank you for having me on. Like, it's so weird having be on the other side of a podcast, <laughs> but I thank you very much for having me on. Tune in next time to hear my next guest talk about their rise to the challenge. Remember to follow, subscribe on all major audio platforms. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel to full link episode video format. What path will you take to accomplish your goals? You decide.